Then, of course, for Kevin, Biggs! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. We must be cautious. Galactic Holidays! Welcome to the Scum and Villainy Podcast! I'm your host, Richard White, better known as Kelvin Tiberius, the Podfather, uh, not very respected pirate lord, and less skilled. Anyways, moving on, uh, joining me all today is Blair Bunky, better known as Scruffy, the ship's uh, janitor. What's up, Blair? What's happening, sir? I am uh, stoked, dude. Also uh, joining us today is uh, Tyler Tippett, uh, better known as Starslinger, the hero of the Empire. What's up, Tyler? Feel Should mention, I guess, you're the cook. I, I have to remember yeah. everyone's uh, jobs, and that's getting difficult to, to actually keep everything together. But you're the cook, I think. I, I am the heroic cook, who is uh, a little browbeaten, but uh, but I'm back. Uh, also joining us is uh, Dr. Bob Randall, uh, the ship's computer, better known as Major Juggler. Bob, what's up? I'm back. It's good to be on. And to put to bed a salacious rumor about Dr. Bob and Lyle is Lyle Hayhurst, better known as Sozin, the ship's quartermaster. Lyle, you and Dr. Bob haven't podcasted together yet, and people have claimed that you're the same person, and like you had programmed Bob. I don't know what the sitch is, but there was a salacious rumor, and I want you to put it to bed. You know, Ricky, I'm having to go through some major neurological gymnastics here to keep up this ruse, so um, please don't make this any harder on me than it has to be. Uh, so I just want to say it would have been great if Bob uh, would have started answering questions when I asked him to Lyle. <laughs> like, anyways, um, finally, uh, we have a guest today uh, just off of spoilers. His very good result at Gen Con, second at Gen Con. We have the Zach Matthews Girl on a podcast. What's up, Zach? What's up, everyone? <laughs> How's it going, dude? Uh, I don't I, I don't want we're going to get into Gen Con, but um, you did uh, pretty well at Gen Con, right? I did. Yeah, yeah I think so, that's a good summary. <laughs> um, also, uh, Zach is a Patreon of uh, of ours, and uh, that's also always good to have a Patreon on. So thanks, Zach, for being awesome and giving us your money. You're welcome. Thank you for the beer. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's what we pay you back every year. Um, anyways, um, why is uh, Zach on the ship? What, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's your, you're in the role-playing game with me. What's your RP reason for being here? Uh, we you guys, you? you guys took on a shipment of crate crates and I, I, I was in one. <laughs> you're passed out in one. <laughs> I got an idea, Zach. How about you take those sweet R2-D2 templates you won, give them to me, and I'll repaint them for you as R3-A2 templates. Oh, oh I want that now. I want that so bad. Oh. That sounds stressful. <laughs> sounds stressful indeed. oh man that's i need a third party to make those happen for me now <laughs> come on now zach i know a certain pirate lord who's very interested in the future of those r2d2 templates yeah there's there's a plan right now for the r2d2 templates um i i think they're gonna make their way over to chris 
Um, cause he's the only one who doesn't, I got, I wanted something as a memento for the run. Um, and it turns out they make a second place, uh, trophy with leftover, uh, store championship trophies apparently. Um, so I have that. So I'm going to, Chris and I are working on a way he's actually going to end up with my R2 templates. Well, that's nice of you. God. All right. So <laughs> this is going to be the Zach Matthews puff piece. Cause I've got a whole bunch of like, <laughs> God damn it heartstring stuff uh, going in anyway. So, but, uh, so Zach is here. Okay. We are going to talk about Gen Con. Um, and, uh, you know, very exciting uh, time at Gen Con. A couple of us played. One of us did, you know, pretty damn well. The other one, you know, eh, uh, not, not poorly. And did not to spoil anything. And uh, after that, we are also going to, uh, we'll maybe have uh, access, ask Zach some questions uh, about X-Wing and all of that. And uh, then uh, we're going to go into the main topic, which we have Wave 12! Yes! So uh, I don't want to go into the hypest hype part about Wave 12 yet. I'm just going to I'm gonna hold it in for a little bit. But I am so excited for Wave 12. I thought I was out. They pulled me back in. Um... I am stoked. Anyway, so let's talk. Uh, let's talk Gen Con. We said we were going to, and uh, Gen Con uh, was last weekend, right? Am, am I, is my time? Am I? It was four I, days I'm having, ago. Yeah, I have. I, I'm having a baby soon, and everything is just like I can't pay attention anymore. Uh, it's anymore. Just, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Anyways, yeah. Anyways, so let's talk. Uh, I don't know who I'm going to start with. Uh, let's talk uh, Gen Con. Uh, Tyler, you went to Gen Con. I did. Uh, how, yeah. I I, I want to. How did you end up doing uh, at at the at, at nationals? And then what other sort of cool shit you do at Gen Con? So yeah, I uh, I went to Gen Con. I think it's like my seventh in a row. Something like that feels feels like that. Uh, Gen Con's a ton of fun. I highly recommend anybody that gets a chance to go to go. That's it's a great event, regardless of fantasy flights or those types of games you wanting to play. It's just a fun super all all in experience. So I got there. I flew on day one. I was flying Racklevator. Uh, we kind of talked about that last podcast, I think. About like what I was gonna do when I'm going in. Uh, so mm-hmm. cru- cruise missile VI Vader VI Rack, um, mm-hmm. Kylo Palp, just like I did with the Whisper List. Started out okay. Uh, got two quick wins. Uh, I I think my I basically what happened is I just didn't make a good or a proper sacrifice to the matchup gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just came back to bite me in the butt. I uh, I drew the only set of robots on day one that were uh, PTL advanced sensor robots, uh, and they had a kind of obnoxiously uh, great green variance game against me to the point where I had a, a good friend of mine. It was his first Gen Con. He doesn't play X-Wing. He just stopped by to like see how I was doing and like wanted to see the game because he'd never seen it played before. And I shot this uh, IG-88C for like the fourth turn in a row and did no damage when I was getting all hits. And he was just like, Natty's bitch, I got this. And uh, he's like, you know, you, you keep shooting this, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, but you're not doing any damage. He's like, I know, Adam, I know super frustrating he's like well but have you tried doing damage yes yes i have it's not working uh i mean we're talking i missed with a five dice cruise missile that was all hits and crits just no i got this no big no big deal won two more games uh my last round was against uh kyle of the uh, ocx guys running triple uh 
triple jump masters, which is just not a great uh, great matchup for Desi plus single ace that needs actions. And that was also another one of those. He was the only triple jump in the top twenty something tables. Oh. Which is kind of frustrating because I was looking around and seeing a lot of uh, stuff that I match up really, really well with. Uh, things like the eventual Gen Con winner. Uh, just, yeah, there was a lot of Nim there and I just didn't see Nim. It was kind of frustrating. So it made day two, did okay on day two, but just I didn't I didn't have any, any uh, anywhere near the MOV or the uh, you, eventual how'd you wins. What did you end up uh, doing? What was your. I, uh, I finished overall? five and four. I. I lost one game on day two. That's that's a winning then, record though at a, at, a, yeah, at a big event. It was it was kind of frustrating because it was one of those things that uh, in the second day, like I had a tight game one, I lost. Like I I, I beat the uh, Thomas earlier in Swiss. I I made a bad call. He ended up pulling out the win. It was a good play by him. So then I was I knew I was out. So I was kind of just like eh. And then I uh, ended up drawing uh, Mikhail from. Uh, um, the uh, Louisville podcast. What's their uh, back to dials, right? Stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. I always get this confused. And he was running Lebo, Nim, and unlike Europe, here in America, we actually have the proper ruling for Lebo and Kylo, which is Kylo just says get wrecked. Like you take my crit, you don't get to deal with that. So it, it went horribly for him. And then right after that, I drew one of my local guys, Kevin O'Leary, that runs Kanan Biggs pretty much exclusively, and that's almost a no win chance for me. And he. I killed Biggs. He dumpstered me. So, so, uh, so after you know seeing, and we'll jump into the uh, the top eight here in a, mm-hmm. in, in a minute um, with with Zach spoilers. Sure. Um, but uh, what? How did you feel about Vader Rack after the tournament? Knowing what you saw, knowing what you oh, saw at the tournament, one hundred percent fine. Like to the mm-hmm. point of when we went into day two, uh, Tyler Barnett. Who was currently like I think he was either who one was or two. also you, not you real. successfully he was also not. You did I, I want I want this on the record that Tyler Barnett is an elaborate ploy, but it's not true. Only, it's, it's, it's it's a ploy by Chris Allen. No, hired, not only is Tyler real, Tyler, you did predict that Tyler would go undefeated in Swiss. You just had the last name wrong. Uh, okay, that that could be true. <laughs> this is this is literally the the setup. Tyler watched the end of my first round game because he went, if you won, I was throwing my next game. So there was no chance I had to play you first round of cut. Wow. Because I would be able to end. It was the same. I mean, there was a huge number of the top 16 lists that just, they don't auto lose to rack ace, but it's stupid uphill. Like I have to mess up pretty hard for it to, to be a real game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, so. So that was frustrating to see like a lot of yeah, those lists that, that I just is, I just didn't that is any that is any tournament though especially any big tournament 100%. there is you have to dodge uh, matchups to get to and play well yeah. and have, be lucky you have to dodge you have your to bad have matchups. all three of those things you have to play well in the push matchups to where you win those matchups and then you have to win all of your goods like that's mm-hmm. which and yeah, yeah. And I'm, I wasn't I wasn't mad about the matchups. It's just one of those things where I look at this and I'm like, yeah, if I just match up, like, so for example, uh, Paul Heaver was right there with me, pretty much the same record the whole way through, and we were sitting next to each other almost every table, going like, can we just trade opponents? Like, this is dumb. If we trade opponents, we're nine out. Both of us are nine and zero. Like, so, so it was a little frustrating on that side. Uh, the rest of the event was super awesome. Uh, I got to. I got to buy a game I've been looking for for a while called Secret Hitler, which is a super fun game. If anybody yeah, hasn't played, Se- if you haven't played Secret Hitler, it's super fun. It's groups of five to ten, and then I got a bunch of X-wing nerds to play Secret Hitler with us, so that was really fun. Possibly my favorite moment from all of Gen Con happened, where uh, my buddy that Adam again, uh, Adam Bobshock. I don't know. I'll tell him to listen to this because he gets a shout out. 
So he's playing with us. It's me, it's Adam, it's uh, Mark Moriarty, the the artist from Hangar 19 that does all the uh, really awesome alternate art cards. Mm-hmm. Um, his brother... And it's, it's a dope-ass last name, too. Oh, yeah, right? For sure. So, is that a real name? No, that's, that's instantly trade white for Mo- Moriarty. <laughs> instantly. Uh, 100%. So, like, I so would include us for Will, Paul Heaver, uh, Luke Carrington myself and I think Kevin O'Leary was there. We had nine, right? So we're sitting there playing and without going into any details of the game, you get cards that you pick from like, and you'll get given three, like when you're the person in charge and you get to hand two to someone else. And you're basically, it's, it's a deception game. You're lying to each other the whole time. And Adam basically didn't get to play because every time he got to be president and he would draw cards, he gets three of the same color. So there was no like deception on his part. He'd just be like, guys, I got three red again. He's going to have to pick a red. Sorry. Like this is not, I'm not doing this on purpose. And so it's an entire game of him doing this and we're into halfway through the next game and he's only gotten to draw reds again and he finally draws a blue and like we've mathed it out he draws the only blue left in the stack right so he gets two reds and a blue and he's so happy he's like guys guys i get to prove that i'm good see i'm gonna give him i'm gonna give him one and one he's gonna have a blue and a red he could and he can flip a blue and he hands it to paul heaver who has been absolutely quiet the entire game and paul goes no he lied he gave me two reds again and flips the red over now i'm dead at this point and i see the fact that adam drew a blue and adam's just mind breaks he's what what's going no i gave him i gave him a blue he's lying and just Paul just straight faced like, no, he gave me two reds, guys. I had to put another red out there. Like, uh, it was it was beautiful. I don't understand that, but that's amazing. For the, Paul, basically for the people what, who played that game, that was an down excellent to Paul story. Was Hitler, and we didn't know that. <laughs> Paul was Hitler, and we didn't know that. Yeah, I, I feel like we should buy it at this point. Yeah. We knew that in Milwaukee. It's true. It's true. <laughs> All right, so that was your favorite uh, non-Gen Con moment. Um, no, non-Xbox are, Gen Con moment. N- Okay, uh, let's jump into Zach. Uh, Zach, hi. Hi. How's it going, man? Uh, you went to Gen Con. Was this your first uh, Gen Con you've been to? No, you should know that. Wile interviewed me in 2015 and put me on your podcast when I made the top eight in 2015. That uh, I just want to go ahead and tell you that that would require me listening to things <laughs> more often and remembering things. You, you also gave me my first internet shout-out. It was, it was very exciting. Oh, actually, you have told me this story. I have. Yep. There we go. Quality audio from the Scum of Villainy <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so you're at Gen Con. Um, what are you, uh, what are you What are you looking to do at Gen Con since you've been to so many? Um, what are you looking to do at Gen Con that isn't isn't X Wing? Um, the big one I want to do this year was just get a demo in for L five R. Uh-huh. Um, the setting looked so cool. I've heard good things about the LCG. Um, and like, this might be heresy to some people like Game of Thrones doesn't really do it for me. Um, and Netrunner really never jumped out. So like, so just for people who don't know, L5R is Legend of the Five Rings. Oh yes. And it's an LCG by Fantasy Flight set in a fictional universe based off the Far East, um, but yeah, so I demoed that, and I was actually super happy with it, so I went back to my local game store. Um, and then the other one for me, I mean, at Gen Con, it's just I, I'm in the Midwest. How does, uh, how does that game compare to the original? I never played the original. Okay, well, cool. Um, Tyler Barnett said, when they were doing the, oh, let me back up, when they did the demos, um, they said, forget everything you know about the old one. Uh, I spent some day 
I spent part of the day tending to Tyler Barnett, um, who is real, and or... And uh, allegedly, or, allegedly. Your your alternative theory is that he's a battery powered robot, and that's why I got assigned to him. <laughs> um, so we sat down and we did a demo, and he did say afterward that it was rooted in the original game, but sufficiently different. Um, mm-hmm. He said he said as a fan of it, he the original he appreciated the new game. Um, so take that for what it's worth. Yeah, I never played the original one. I was a Magic mm-hmm. the Gathering junkie loyalist forever. Um, but like L5R just looks so cool. And then there's a lot of yelling in L5R. Um, <laughs> I didn't do that in the demo besides my normal speaking voice. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing some yelling like as part of that game. That seems really cool. Um, otherwise with Gen Con, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm in the Midwest, I'm in Milwaukee. So like for me, Gen Con is like mini worlds because I get to see, you know, all my buddies that I see at tournaments all the time, uh, like Tyler and, uh, Nick and Zach from hangar 19. Um, so really that's just what it is for me is go around and hang out with buddies, um, and just kind of screw around in with a bunch of other nerds. Yeah. It's always, that kind of stuff's always a bunch of fun. I am. I want to go to Gen Con so bad, but I keep finding ways not to go for the last, like, three years. It's been something come up, you know, I procreated, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I actually wasn't going to go because I went on a personal trip to Europe this year with uh, some of my buddies. And um, when I th- when I threw it up there, I'm like, oh, I can't go to Gen Con. Uh, Luke Carrington was like, no, that's unacceptable. You're staying with me. Um, so that's, that's, that's how nice. come I was able, yeah, Luke is an awesome dude. That's how I was, uh, that's, that's have basically. Have you seen, uh, the A-Wings he did for us? I have. Have you seen the ARC-170 he did for me? Yes. It is Although, I feel like Tyler's got us because he's got the ultimate engine upgrade, uh, rack. So that big. one's been, it's that so one's big. been my, that one's been my favorite out of all of them. Yeah. So actually real quick story about that ARC, um, I was on the fence about like audibling back to Fairship Rebel One at the last second, which is like selfness thrown in there, because I love formation flying rebels, and uh, I got down there and I was like, "Crap, I forgot my arc in Milwaukee, and I'm not playing some unpainted arc that's not the one Luke made for me." So I guess I just gotta fly Biggs Lorik Miranda, and that's that's kind of what got kept me on that list. Okay, all right, so let's, that's, what an awesome transition. Let's talk about uh, what you flew. Uh, what did you fly uh, going in, right? So let's talk about the Fairship Rebels, uh, since you're uniquely qualified to tell well, us about the iterations of it. Well, this list is the Ego, for uh-huh. one, because um, it's Missile Miranda. It's, it's similar to the list I flew when I won Crossroads in 2016. Okay, but uh, pretend I don't know what that is. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I can I can see how people. You don't have to pretend. He doesn't know what that is. Right. No, I I do. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, hold up. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. Anyways, but like like I, like I'm an idiot. It's it's not unfair to compare it to Fairship Rebel. Um, like the original Fairship Rebel was yeah, you know, it, it was just some abusive rebel ships tucked under the Bigs bubble. Was kind of uh, Jerry's version of FSR one with some really uh, intelligent tweaks for that meta at Worlds, um, in post Worlds. FSR2 um, really uses that Lorik Biggs engine to, you have to shoot Biggs, but Lorik's protecting Biggs. And then you have these other ships that are way more problematic under the Biggs bubble besides these two. 
Um, and you really can't pick off Lorik because he wants to reinforce every turn anyway. Um, so it kind of... it. it your opponent doesn't get to make decisions with their fire priority. They're basically always forced to make the worst decision when shooting. Now, my understanding is the standard version is Lorik Biggs, uh, Captain Rex, and Jess Pava. Yep. Now, that that is not the one that you flew. Right. right? I I had uh, Lorik Biggs Miranda. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, from my and design standpoint... Why did... Uh, yeah, why'd you make that change off of it? Uh, it was actually... Well, one, when I played FSR 2... Um, People who have followed me playing X-Wing for a while will note there's zero stress control elements in the list I brought. Um, mm-hmm. But when I played FSR 2, I played at the Chicago Regional, and I had a bad day because, like, one of the things I, I noted in when talking to Chris Allen, me and him swap notes a lot, obviously, is um, it's sort of like how Palp Aces and Palp Defenders were, where they look like similar lists, but they fly very differently, and that was FSR 1 to FSR 2. So, like, I hated flying FSR 2. It wasn't my style. I was fundamentally doing it wrong. And then when I wound up in those kind of ace matchups where the correct play is basically just not to play X-Wing and circle up and down the board, I had trouble fighting my instincts to, you know, try and get arcs or block or herd stuff into bad positions for them. And, like, in those games where they're giving up firepower for maneuverability, when you're FSR 2, you want to just, um, you know, let the mechanism do its job and eventually they're going to mess up and you're going to get some points and they're not. Um, so what I actually did is when I went back to, well, I, Nathan and I were talking list building a lot and he'd kind of pushed me. He's like, you know, you should look at some higher cost ships with more capabilities so that you can leverage more decision-making out of them, um, and help you in the end game more. So like I look back and I remembered the list I flew in 2016, which was Miranda, Biggs and Braylon. Um, and that was sort of my starting point. And I was like, okay, well I'll cut some points to get, you know, bomblet generator on Miranda. And then I had Ray at first to sort of help out the missile alpha strike. Um, Mm -hmm. But the points just like, it wasn't lining up. It was awkward and clunky. Um, So I kind of went away from it. And then I was flying stress hog in place of bigs for a while because I love stress hog. Uh, And I noticed people were burning the stress hog down which meant mm-hmm. that they could be burning Miranda down if they were making the right fire decision. Like, I, the whole idea of the list originally with lower Stress Hog Miranda was your fire priority is going to be really messed up because there's no clear right answer. Mm-hmm. And I wound up being right on that, but also if my opponents had been right in their games, they would have burned Miranda down. I would have been super sad. So, like, Biggs had to come back in. Um, and then, like, Lyle and I swapped notes a lot because he was playing his uh, OP cubed list. Um and I didn't like the R2-D2 on Biggs. I was like, I I thought it limited the list too much um, and made you really vulnerable to Alpha Strikes. So I, I think it's really hard to justify taking R46 off of Biggs. And then that gave me the points to like look into putting a missile back on Miranda because that list wants to joust. So it makes you much, much nastier in the joust. Yeah, so originally I was on Proton Torpedo and uh, Guidance Chips. And Nathan is, again, who suggested uh, I do concussion long range. And then um, I had Zach Bart run the math for me because I'm lazy and don't like to do X-Wing math if I can avoid it. We, we have a computer for that. Right, yeah. Is that, that's, 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 Zach, that's Zach Bart for me. Uh, 
So, and he was like, yeah, it's uh, 80% for four, 80% odds for four plus hits. And I was like, sweet. I am super sold on that. And then Wookiee Commandos on Lorik with the spare point, because you don't want to not bring a crew on Lorik. Like, your crew options are just too good to leave Lorik without crew at all. Um, so Wookiee Commandos is your, I'm cutting points. Like, that's your minimum threshold on them. Um, and yeah, so that, that was the list. And kind of how, how it evolved and I came to it. Cool. Um, so, so you're running, you're running that list, and uh, how did you do day? Your did you fly day one or day two? Day one. Uh, how did you uh, end up doing? I went five and one. Um, cool. As with all crates, my only loss was to another crate, uh, Tyler Barnett. Um, so, so you dropped to your robot friend. Something like that. No, he. <laughs> you had to let him get six zero. So, right, so my buddy, uh, yeah, well, had you guys released the podcast, I totally would have not colluded to uh, make sure that a Tyler went undefeated, just to respect Tippett here. But, um, no, in my playtest with my buddy Alex Mogison, we were running a lot of um, Nim, you know, Dengar Nim, because we knew that list would be popular. Um, and he flies Dengar very different from Tyler. So I was able to do serious work to his Dengar with the bomblet generator, um, and just wear down the NIM in playtesting. And I went for Barnett's uh, NIM first based off what I had run into with Alex. Um, and that was like the wrong decision. And Barnett and I talked about it a bunch afterward. Um, so me, when me and him had a rematch in the top eight, uh, I went after his Dengar first, which wound up be the correct decision. Because um, shout out. Oh, go ahead. You ended up playing a bunch of your buddies at uh, at, at the tournament. Like you played Nathan twice, didn't you? And you yep. played uh, Tyler twice. Yeah. So when you and your oh, buddies, Tyler, are, I'm in quotations. Yeah. So when you and your buddies are all doing super awesome, that'll happen. Uh, yeah. So yeah, on that point, Zach, I'm interested in what you guys did to prepare for this tournament. I mean, all of you did really well. Did you guys play on Vassal? Did you share lists? Like, what was your preparation for it? So yeah, asking for a friend. We, we, we constantly swap notes. We're very constructive. Um, we really look at and analyze our games. Like uh, Chris and Travis do this a lot more on Vassal than I do. I get on Vassal from time to time. Uh, but like Nathan and I will do this in person is we'll back games up. Like if we dial something, we're like, oh, that's clearly suboptimal and that's going to end the game. We just back it up and we, we cheat for lack of a better description to be like, all right, what if I did do the optimal move? Um, you know, like one of the things for better or worse, I, I'm like super forgiving as a player because it doesn't do me any good to be like, oh yeah, I do really good if you forget to take your actions here, if you massively F up, like that's not a useful note for practicing for a tournament. If my opponent screws up massively, I'm in good position. Um, we all, we all were on a lot of different archetypes, testing different stuff. Um, you know, like Tyler was there when I was authentically playing FSR two because I, I thought I'd be on it. Um, but yeah, just having those discussions after games. Go ahead, Tyler. Hold on. So you said that it's really handy when your opponents just don't massively mess up, but we'll get back to that here shortly right. when we talk about, well, well, what I, it's not good training sure. if your That's opponent messes up. Like, I mean, it, you know, it's funny, like Nathan and I, when we, when we practice, we, we both cheat all the time. Um, not like openly cheat, but like, oh man, that was heinously bad. Can we back up this sequence so that, you know, we're actually going to get something out of this game um, rather than, you know, oh, bad thing happened, game over. Um, 
that that's sort of our biggest thing is like really taking notes like that helped me a lot um because for a long time nathan was just like a full tier better than me um and you know sometimes wacky stuff happens in my games with nathan like he gets out of three, four focus target lock at four dice focus target locks attacks with Corin, and I end up really sad. Um, not to pick like a super specific game as an example, um, but like we actually you know talk about it afterward. Like all right, like I had to kind of start removing that. Like I, my lesson for a little bit, I was like, wow, Nathan flew super awesome, and I kind of had to step away from that like awe and be like, all right, what are we actually doing here? Um, and that, that sort of helped me figure stuff out. I guess the other thing, me personally, that I do when I formation fly, um, I practice a lot of solitaire openings by myself. Um, so, like, I'll put my ships on the table and do different openings. Um, I had a couple really minute different formations that I opened out of. Um, so, like, one of the ones that I used for most of the tournament allowed Biggs and Lorik to take straight maneuvers and Miranda to bank in... Um, so that she could point her missile or her arc right back at the middle of the board for her missile without bumping while still maintaining that cohesiveness uh, to keep the formation together. Um, and then other games, when I wanted to be in certain places, I would switch back to a pinwheel formation. And depending on the rocks, um, because I knew where everything goes out of the pinwheel from playing Forship Rebel for so long. All right, so you went 5-1 and one the, uh, mm-hmm. the first... Uh, the the first day uh, you did play Nathan and you beat Nathan that uh, that game right yes I had the high ground in Swiss uh, so what was it uh, what was it that like because I would expect you like I actually would expect that not to do so well like how did you pull that off like Miranda shenanigans or against against Nathan yeah he and I both knew that Nim couldn't beat Miranda like mm-hmm. under almost any circumstances. Um, so I just kept threatening his Nims engage. Um, and Nim can go down really quick to that list. Like, you know, if Corin if Corin's trying to be cute and be out of range of Miranda, um, you know, he's range three, so he's shooting at Biggs and he doesn't have fire control system. So he's maybe doing a point of damage to Biggs, um, if he's lucky. And then if Nim tries to engage at the same time, like Lorik and Miranda can get meaningful damage on him. Um, so it's kind of like herding cats, I guess, where I'm just constantly threatening him and he wants to dive away. And if he keeps diving away, um, fi- you know, final salvo, I win. Um, and if he tries to get in close to me, you know, I have Miranda can always give up a die or, you know, with her front arc, make it four or five dice. Cause I, I grabbed the target lock on corn on turn one. So with long range scanners, um, and you really don't want the Miranda shot with Lorik follow-up. Like, that's normally approximately a win for me if I get that. Um, in our game in Swiss, that's what happened is he decided he had to come in with Corrin. Um, Nim had sort of dipped out because I had threatened Nim. Um, the combo of Miranda and Lorik got a shield on Corrin. And because he was pointing at Miranda, the bomblet was going to be where any of his regen moves were. So he advanced sensors, five forwarded. Um, Miranda kept her TLT on him, so uh, I had a four-dice TLT followed by a three-dice TLT to get two damage in on Corrin and kill him. Nice. Ah, oh, God. Killing Corrin just feels so satisfying. All right, so let's... So you make it uh, You make it to day two, and that, and that was uh, before the cut. How did you do in uh, those rounds? 
I won a, a tight game against Ben Fowler, who he made the top cut with um, Ni, uh, Nim uh, Fenrao and Pela Batani. Uh, so that was a cool list. Uh, had a little bit of plot armor. Um, he put Fen range two and Arc of Lorik, and it went super bad for Fen. Um, then I played Nathan. Uh, stream caught the end of that game. And then I actually played Nate Moore. Um, at that point, I was third overall in Swiss, and he had Ray Miranda. So I was like, I think the correct play if I need to win this game is to chase Miranda, but I just need MOV. So I kind of just went for his Ray. Um, and I, I did make a mistake. He made some really awesome moves, um, but I was just trying to get MOV on Ray. So I wound up killing his Ray, and I actually did lose that one. So that was one of our exceptions. Him and Phil Horney were the two non-crates to win games against crates. But also, I went into that one knowing I didn't have to win. So I'm I'm calling I'm giving a little asterisk to that one. That's an asterisk. Yep. All right. So let's let's break down the the top eight here. Um, let's see here. Does someone want to give me a, a breakdown of the lists? Sure, I can do that. So yeah, number one was Nathan Idy, as you guys know. And he was rocking Captain Nim, Bomblet Generator, Havoc Title, Twin Laser Turret, VI, Advanced Sensors, Genius, and Engine Upgrade. And of course, his co-pilot was Nathan's favorite ship, Corrin Horn, Push the Limit, Engine Upgrade, Advanced Sensors, and R2-D2. That's a 96-point list, so a four-point initiative bid. Zach, as you guys know, came in second. He's already talked about his list. Andrew Bunn was top four. He's up in Seattle. And he was rocking his favorite version of... Paratani with Asajj Ventress, Mindlink, Matsurazi, Ben Rao with Mindlink, Tidal, and Thrusters, and a Scout with Mindlink and Rid Cargo Shoots, 99 points. Tom Buis also placed top four. He had uh, two pirates with the Slaver. The pirates both had TLT scanners and cruise missiles, and the Slaver had four Lomzakas and Dengar. I really like this list. Tyler Barnett of the Carolina Crates podcast also placed top eight. And he was rock, rocking Nim Dengar with Captain Nim, VI, ABT, sorry, Auto Blaster Turrets, Cruise Missiles, Bombment Generator, Havoc, Advanced Sensors, and Genius. Dengar had Expertise, Plasma, EM, K4 Security Droids, Unhinged, Astromech, Guidance Ships, and Punishing One. This is a pretty classic Nim Dengar build out. And I personally think that this is either the number one or number two list currently in the meta right now. Uh, running at the top eight, we had Nate Moore out of Chicago, who was rocking Ray and Miranda Donnie. Ray had Expertise, Falcon, Smuggling Compartment, Finn, Kanan, Burnout Slam. I really like Burnout Slam here. I think that it's a great way to get behind Force of List. And Miranda had TLT, Sabine, Bomblets, and Long Range Scanners. It's a 99-point list. And two more lists in the top eight. We had Benjamin Fowler with pretty cool scum list. He had... Paylob, Captain Nim, and Fen. Paylob had a tiny mind link, TLT, four LOM, and a pulse tray shield. Good to see that upgrade making it in. Captain Nim had a tiny mind link, auto blaster turret, bomblet generator, havoc, fire control systems, and genius. Fen Rao had mind link, Concord Dawn protector title, and auto thrusters. And finally, the last top eight list was an Imperial list. Yay, Imperials! So seems like, I guess, Chernow plus Ace is the way to fly Imperials nowadays. I'm sure Tyler agrees. But instead of Vader, like Tyler had, he had Quick Draw with Adaptability, Fire Control Systems, Pattern Analyzer, Special Ops Trading, and Lightweight Frame. And Chirpy had Hotshot Copilot, Kylo Ren, Gunner, 
Dauntless title, engine upgrade, and VI. And I really like this list. I actually like it a little better than your list, Tyler, no offense. I think the quick draw is a bit more resilient and can spike damage much better than Vader. And there you go, that's the top eight of the North American Championships. I was worried when we cut off at top eight, I couldn't remember if I was eighth or ninth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was cut to top 16. So there's another eight that was in there, but yeah. So, Ricky, go for you, sir. All right, so... Let's so let's talk about the let's talk about the breakdown of uh, the top sixteen. I don't want to go too much more into the sixteen. Um, there were there was one imperial, nine rebels, and six scum, uh, and the, uh, the imperial list showed up and immediately lost. Right? That was uh, what was the imperial list that got flown, Tyler? No, he made it to the top, top eight. eight. He was almost my top four opponent. Yeah. What was his list? Oh, it was Racklow Quickdraw, right? Zach, I'm looking at you. Racklow Quickdraw. I I could I couldn't remember if it was Rackdraw or uh, oh yeah, it had to be Rackdraw because uh, yeah. the average pilot skill yeah, for Imperials is. was like ten and yeah, he had Hotshot Copilot, Kylo Ren, and yeah. Gunner. Yep, and Quickdraw was stuff. So my understanding is there were a bunch of of turrets and uh, a lot of large amount of the Skurg. Um, Everything we, on turrets. Yeah. Um, Blair, what do you think of uh, the top 16? Well, we've been so good with our salt intake lately, Ricky. <laughs> I, just, I don't even know if we want to... Well, I mean, I'm... okay, so so let's let's not... Let's just try and be objective. We already know our feelings here, but let's try and be objective on All right. like, the things of note. Well, in the red thread, a guy named Sizer9 was basically like... Expected uh, turrets and bombs. Saw turrets and bombs. <laughs> like that really sums it up, in my opinion. It was yeah. pretty much whatever expected, and that's the stuff that did good. So, yeah, I mean, it's just like the bombs have just pushed all the auto thruster aces out, and so you're seeing that this just the turrets come back. Basically, the fat turrets, and oh. that's that's basically where we're at, really. So. Yeah, they created a problem with FSR2 where TLT is a really good solution against it. Well, FSR2 and NIM, where TLT is a really good solution to both of them. And then all the things that are really good against TLT are scared of the rest of the things in the meta. So certainly something to think about. Um, Bob, do you see any sort of uh, ways to kind of target this meta uh, with uh, all of the stuff that we see out there? Yeah, I've been thinking about that because I have uh, still been on Paratani for a while. Actually, I to interject, I actually also got second place in a tournament, but it wasn't nearly as big. It was just uh, you know twenty three person store championship. Uh, but I was flying Paratani, and uh, my top four was Dengar Nim, and then my final table was uh, FSR two. So I, I caught up with all the new Wave 11 hotness in that tournament. <laughs> Welcome to hell. Um. Yes. Yeah, that final, by the way, that final ended where uh, I didn't take any of his ships off the board. Uh, he dealt two damage cards to Fen about, oh, I don't know, 85 minutes into the game on a two-hour match. And the two cards were both face-up direct hits. Oh. Nice. Yeah, and he won. Oh. He flew you over really well. You forgot your plot armor, bro. Yeah, yeah. Well, he flew it really well, and I made one mistake where I had Asajj, 
bug out one turn too early. And I mean, she was tagged with uh, Rex's condition card, so she was only two attack dice anyway, but I needed just a little bit more in there to actually kill something. Uh, it was really interesting chess game where like he went down the side of the board. He must have been listening to your podcast and taking notes because you just stayed on the edge of the board, stayed on the edge of the board, and I literally sent Fen all the way around the map behind him. So my Fen was getting... Uh, unretaliated shots from behind him for a few rounds, but not at range one. Uh, but, you know, it, whew, man, tough list to fly against. Uh, I don't see how you could comfortably finish a game in 75 minutes with most lists against that. It's just, whew, it's a lot of beat You need there. dead man switch Cs. Oh, yes! No. I, I, yes! Get hype on this! I, I'm going this to fly that. This is my new bad idea, except it's not a bad idea. It's not. So let's pull that string. How do you think that list handles everything else in the meta right now? Honest question. I, w- I haven't flown it. But I want to see have. it. I want to see it, and I want to play Will with it in a meaningful tournament right yeah, now. Yeah, you will. I mean, you will. You that's that's the trick too. Is like so Nathan like this to to preface this. Will didn't have a great Gen Con. He had a couple games that he just made some mistakes. He even called it too. He was like, "No, nah, I like one of the mistakes that it's just one of those deals where he had a ghost at three hit points." Right? No, it was a ghost at two hit points. And he's like, I'll just take the the uh, shot with my main guns into Kanan when he should have shot the cruise missile. Because the cruise missile would have let him have the target lock and the guidance chips mod. And it was only going to be a three dice cruise missile, so it's the same dice either way. But he just wanted to save it for something else. And had he shot the cruise missile, he, he kills the ghost and then wins. But he didn't. He tried to save it and he got, like, he just didn't get the kill. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah, cruise missile on on his name. Yeah, so it's it, there's points to play. So he with. isn't he doesn't do t, he doesn't do TLT. I do TLT on mine. No, well you, that's also wrong. Uh, no, the it's no no no. Um, I do auto blaster. I do yes, auto blaster. Yeah. Scum name wants Sorry. auto blaster. Yeah. Rebel name wants TLT. Yeah. The the question is, do you put uh, engine upgrade and a one point bid, or you take? Yeah, I do. I do engine upgrade. Right and. It's that's we've gone back and forth with that. Like he he makes valid reasons for why you have the cruise missile on there. That's fine. Uh, Seems so fun with advanced sensors, though. Right, right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone named that the Kamikazes online. I'm letting I'm letting Will stamp his approval on that. <laughs> so realistically, the big the big sh- things that are in the meta right now that you have to worry about, right? Uh, Fairship two, it's laughably bad against that. Um, you just shove four exploding Zs down their face and they don't. They and can't. pray, yeah. Well, no, you don't pray. Like, oh, you yeah. killed my Zs. Okay, Rex is dead. Jess is on two hull. Lorwick's not feeling great, and Biggs is almost dead too. And that's assuming and you did nothing with Nim. Yeah. Uh, well, and you did nothing on your primary weapon. Right, right, right. Yeah, with, the Zs didn't even shoot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really really dumb. Uh, your Palpaces style list, the same thing happens. Like, it's really hard to fight that, and you generally have to make a mistake. Uh, other big meta lists, Dengar Nim, uh, Will has, like, I think he's undefeated against Dengar Nim. I don't know how that fight goes down, but he seems to have it, in, like, he just makes it happen every time, so, okay. I mean, you do have a lot of guns. You do. I mean, yeah. at, at, a, at a minimum, Dead Man Switch really is the thing, yeah. but you also have guns, and sure. you have four ships. But it's also, I mean, that's one of those great things where, like, five you ships. fly into Dengar's face. Like, oh, you don't shoot Dengar when you're an arc, but you do if I'm range one and I'm a Z and I'm going to do three damage plus the splash damage. I'll take that every day of the week, right? So that's... Dengar really hates losing health. Right, yeah. And if you can just auto-tag him for health, like, great. He's had trouble with uh, ghost builds, so like Kanan Biggs and things like that. I think it still has that fight. I think that's just he needs to learn to play it better. 
Like, but I, I could be wrong. I I love playing that list. It's a ton of fun. Yeah, that's it's so that, that is and and people don't understand until it's too late. Like right. That's and that's half of the power of the list is you don't ever play against Deadman Switz anything like let alone Z ninety fives. So people don't have the experience. Like if I'm going to set a list down in front of you and Zach's going to be like I'm training for Gen Con, he's going to be putting in reps against. Fairship Rebel 2. He's going to put putting reps in against Palp Aces. He's going to be putting reps in against Kylo. He's not putting reps in against freaking four Dead Mage Switch Zs. Alright, so, yeah. what, so what is another sort of list that has... Uh, that, that aims well at these at these ships? I mean, I'm think. I mean, we, we talked about it earlier, but I mean, multiple TLT seems good. Nope. Uh, at, at this point, um, is there anything else, Blair? Is there anything that you're sort of like looking at this uh, for regionals and? Um, yeah, I didn't want to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic. Like I'm really surprised about how salty people have been about this wave because I'm just looking at Dengar. Like you know, yeah, it's scary, but it's like he doesn't get infinite rerolls. He doesn't get infinite focuses. He can't make you reroll all your dice infinitely like he that dude burns so much faster when he doesn't get all those mods and i know it's tough that like people are saying like well it's just stupid that nim pushes out imperial aces like i get it but uh, i'm like where were all these people crying foul when like all the generics got pushed out like three waves ago so that was like, me, and it was more than three waves. For they were me. playing. It was when TLT came out. Get off my lawn! <laughs> yeah, like, no, Blair, I was, I was there with you, man. Preach on, brother. <laughs> so it's like if you're tr- like all these competitive players, like you got to adapt. Like I get it. It's it's dumb. I I completely agree. Like it's pushing like an entire archetype out. I'm with you, but like I really, I'm like I said, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I feel like there's a lot out there that can fight back. Uh, a lot what more. sort of thing are you thinking? Well, I kind of don't want to tip my hand a little bit too much because I got Vassal League coming up, Ricky, and I really need to get back into uh-huh. deep core. <laughs> uh-huh. And I know a lot of people are going to be gaming for me, but you got to do, oh, do it for your fans, Blair. So, okay. so, Blair, I don't know if you've seen this list or not, and it feels like a U list, and I know you were messing with bombers before, uh, but it's Ian's uh, four bo- like new new age four BZ from Empire. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. But go ahead. It's the four. Sims with Wampa? Yeah, four sim- yeah, four scimitars with Wampa, all of them with unguided lightweight frame, and then uh, three of them have seismic charges. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just... like The, the only like thing it. is, when you're flying generic jousters, you got a K-turn a lot, and you want a barrel roll a lot, and you want a self-bump a lot. So if you have no way to generate those focuses, you're... Losing that third dice really hurts. I'm surprised that list doesn't find a way to get Operation Specialist in it. Because that is a super good card. Yes, oh. it is. Yes. It's... One of us. One <laughs> of us. One of us. Yeah, by the way, the Fairship Rebels list that I played against had Operation Specialist in it. And I was flying Paratani, and I f- tend to fly it pretty defensively. Which is why the game went like 80 plus minutes before I even lost a ship. And he would shoot at me, and it's like, great, he did no damage. And somebody else gets a focus token, and it just goes down the chain. So he could bump all of his guys. Even if I bumped with my uh, my bump master, uh, he would still basically 
kind of get all of his actions after the first one missed. Uh, that's a yeah, really good really card. Handy. Yeah, that was the original version of FSR2 that I was on. Um, it's it's really funny just how many focus tokens you end up with when your list hits like like a wet noodle. <laughs> yeah, and he K-turns. Like, he K-turns his entire list, minus the Wookiee, obviously, and then suddenly they, they all end up with focus tokens. Oh. So, so if you want a one point better than that, uh, when you get into Epic, you can do things like this, but you can put an Operation Specialist or two and Mind Link all on the same list, and then it's super dumb. And I was going to offer an answer to Ricky's question with the Gen Con list. So my top 16 opponent was Andrew... I'm gonna butcher Andrew Bunn. Yeah, with that da- with Dash Miranda because Dash can sort of both of those can sort of just run away from the list they don't want to engage, and Miranda has bombs of course for the the weird aces that slip through, um, and she can also you know pinpoint kill a ship out of the FSR formation to get points when she needs to. So I think that list is like still super strong. And- well, it's it's recorded. <laughs> what happened afterward? Oh, you should you should go listen to it with the sound on. I don't think he was 100% sure that he could slam out of that. Um, well, And he regened a shield when he shot me, right? So, like, auto health is probably better than... Okay, so he had killed my Miranda um, the previous turn because he had initiative. So he finished burning down my Miranda. He had a damage card on him from eating my concussion missile early in the game. Um, but otherwise, like, full shield. So my Miranda got two damage back on him. And then um, Lorik woke up and did... I think Lorik might have gotten a second damage card in on that turn of shooting. Um, so he goes to... I fly Lorik right into him because he was pointed just slightly towards the exit to the rocks. Um, and he took a too hard, I believe. Uh, yeah, away from me. Um, dropped a bomblet. And it looked like he probably could have... I wasn't super sure if he could have slammed out of there or not. Um, I was already mentally gauging what Lorik's next two turns looked like. But yeah, so he he regen, did a point or two, and I, I got the range one shot with Lorik and Wookiee Commandos and got three or four damage through to kill his Miranda. Nice. Yeah, it was... <laughs> I, I went back and watched it, because um, I have a little picture now on my phone of Lorik standing alone there on the stream. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, to, like, multiple people in Twitch chat were like, why isn't Zach conceding? This is really uncool of him. That's Hey, that is why you continue to play. That's something that... Uh, that's a lesson I learned at Worlds. Yeah, that 180-degree arc is super strong. So, all right, so let's talk about the final game so we can move on to uh, the new wave. So let's talk about the final game. You're, you're, you're matched up against Nathan Knighty, who is a, who is a, a good friend of yours, right? Uh, he's, you like to say he's uh, your adult. Yeah, he's, he's my adult. Um, he would be like a brother to me if my actual brother didn't just give me an entire plate of subs because uh, mm-hmm. Eric is the coolest brother in the world. But, yeah, Nathan and I... Um, Nathan is my supervisor to make sure I don't get into trouble. Nathan, Nathan's like the Highlander, though. He's been, like, stealing people's souls for a little bit. He's got mine. I'm not a real person he's, he he's took the mimic. He's the Mimic from um, Edge of Tomorrow is what All he right. is. All right, so you're playing Nathan, and <laughs> mm-hmm. he's, he's a good friend of yours. Um, and Nathan's got Corin uh, Miranda, right? Right? Corn Nim. Corn Nim. Corn Nim. I'm sorry. I just lost it there for a second. Um, so he's running Corn Nim. Uh, to me, with those bombs uh, and, and everything that he's got, uh, to me, uh, my initial reaction, and a reaction that uh, I read online, was that you should have jousted. Or not jousted. You should have uh, fortressed up. 
And um, I want to I want to go into I want to go into that, and I want you to kind of like uh, why didn't you do that, and what are your thoughts on that? So two reasons. One, I didn't have enough reps with that list to actually do the fortress. Like I, I, had, I hadn't done it yet, and uh, Tyler was right there. <laughs> we didn't need a repeat of Chicago. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I offered him to go to I offered him to go to Final Salvo if he wanted. Um, you know, just skip all that in Final Salvo. He said only if you could use Corn's double tap, and I said only if I could use TLT. So he declined, and we decided to play the game. Okay. Um, so. One, I, I won the game in Swiss actually playing the game. True. Um, so, like, seems advantageous. Two, um, Corn can regen just by putting around. Miranda needs to shoot. So, like, I think in my head, if I tried to Fortress, it seemed like he'd probably be able to get into a good spot with Corrin, um to shoot. Also, if I Fortress, he can, like, bump into me with Corin and keep like if he gets in close enough bump shoot and have actions if he wants to like crash into that and then that turns my bomblet off um you know I, I sort of figured and, and he knew like if you watch the game he kept being just outside of range three with nim of miranda and that wasn't because like he was misguessing maneuvers he did not want miranda to get shots on nim um because nim shooting miranda is just like totally irrelevant in that matchup um because with the advanced sensors he's repositioning a lot so it's like okay two on modded shots versus uh miranda with loric's ability great you probably get one damage through which miranda then regens um and gets two shots back at you one of them modded so like it it's not a good exchange so like my plan going into the game was hunt corn with 100 points and then kill him with miranda and uh, just because we already know the answer here, uh, how did that end up uh, going down? Or how did that end up? Um, he struck me down, and I'm in the process of becoming more powerful. Zach, I Zach you're the national champion in my heart, just so uh, you know. Thank you, Ricky. I mean, there were a couple plays. I did accidentally bomb my own bigs. And then I saved um, selflessness, possibly, for too long. But I really wanted selflessness... In case Nathan got into a good double tap position against Miranda, um, we actually didn't have a ton of reps between each other with the Biggs version of that list. Um, but I was like, you know, no, I had a, I had an opportunity to selflessness for two, um, and I was like, man, if I burn that, he might be able to. I mean, because it's advanced sensors corn, right? So let's put him wherever you want. I'm like, if I burn that, he might be able to take advantage of that in a way that's going to hurt me a lot more. Well, so he ended up not winning, but congratulations on an excellent tournament run and congratulations to, I guess your entire team for really, I mean, an absolutely outrageously good. Uh, tournament. Yeah. So Chris has always been a good X-wing player. Um, he's been a little list loss for a while. Cause he really likes his pal bases. Um, so he's sort of like where I was in wave eight when I realized I couldn't fly B wings anymore. Um, so, like, even the night before Gen Con, he was jumping all over. He was texting me, like, I might fly Pal Basis tomorrow. I might, and he said on our podcast, he was like, I was hoping not to find my ticket. Uh, I think there was some janky scum list he was thinking about bouncing to at the last minute, but he put in actual time, actual practice, actual reps with FSR2. Uh, you know, like, when he was O2 dropping a lot, he played... Um, 
row boats and like he wasn't liking the list he just thought it was strong and at worlds he went like four and three or three and four playing um that double arc chess list and again he wasn't liking the list he just thought it was strong and when he sort of adapted fsr2 to the same mentality that he played pal bases with with that you know just be patient be defensive and you know kind of let them make the mistake that you take advantage of uh, once he found a way to sort of leverage his play style and experience to a list, um, you know, it was just a matter of sort of the two pieces coming together for him and and being good. Like, he was never bad. It was just he couldn't find a way to fly the way he wanted. <laughs> Chris is the guy that milled himself in Destiny just so he could get, get like, get the promo. <laughs> so, he, yeah. like, he, he lost five, six games in a row, just, like, straight, no question, like... Yeah, the, the only reason out. he won, the only reason he won one was because he had the buy, and he was super upset about it. <laughs> he wrote an email to organized play asking if he's obligated to try and win games uh, before Worlds. So he got that clarification that he didn't have to try to win uh, leading up to Worlds. I am gonna, I am gonna point out though the one thing that that Zach didn't say, Chris has the mindset of someone that like when he's gonna set out to do something, he'll do it, and he set out on friday when he's going to like when he went 6-0 that like i'm not playing x-wing like if you bring a bad matchup for me i'm sitting in this corner for 75 minutes and i will not come out of this corner until you make a mistake and there's not a lot of people that can do that especially like at a big tournament where hey you know like we're at gen con i'm here to play x-wing i should be playing x-wing like he absolutely can sit there and go guess what i'm not playing x-wing right now my, my ships are running into each other and you can come through the rocks but i'm not doing anything dumb yeah, and he that took takes a picture a, of a. Uh, or go ahead. Well, I mean, that just takes a lot of uh, of of willpower to just not do that, you know, and also yeah. to not give in to everyone like sneering at him, being like, "Oh, you're just Fortress in a corner." Uh. He's got a couple pictures of his opponents, including one with Frank looking disproving <laughs> in the background. He <laughs> sent it in crate. He sent it in crate chat with a caption, "Whatever, these templates are extra." Yeah. <laughs> so. That that honestly had a large part to do with it, I think, is because there's a lot of people that would run a list like Fairship Two that don't want to sit fortressed in a corner. Like it's just they they want to be playing the game, they want to be moving their ships, they want to be doing stuff, and that's not the right answer sometimes. Like if I bring pal bases against you and you don't fortress, or I bring rack rack ace and you don't fortress, like you're making a mistake. You're giving me a chance to win that game. I don't know about his day two or top cut games. I think his game with Andrew Bunn went to time, but yeah, he played everyone to completion. The the interesting thing tactically about having a list that can go to time is it's kind of like the mutually assured destruction option, except. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you can final salvo it, then it's not mutually assured. But uh, in Nathan's case, if you've got single regen or double regen, then you can force the issue a little bit and then and then kind of skirt away. So it puts your opponent in a really awkward position of they kind of know they have to engage, and they have to engage against a certain ship. Like, you kind of have to try to kill Corrin, otherwise you're never going to win that game. Um, so I think Nathan being a really good player can tactically take advantage of that, both in the action sense and also positionally. Yeah. I mean, especially in his case, um, Nathan's turn zero has been sharper than it's been in the entire time that I've known him going back to when he started playing hundred point core and like this, this was an inevitability for him with the way he's been and the way he understands the game right now. Okay. So you're going into the last round against someone you've played probably hundreds of times your main sparring partner how do you how'd you go into that like you know what'd you guys do before that that final round 
before the final table, uh, we, we hugged and celebrated for a minute when we both got there. And we just kept saying, we did it, we did it. And then uh, um, after he killed me and I, I dropped my Obi-Wan line, I, I was the first one to him. And I, I picked him up and started screaming and congratulate him. And I don't was, remember the exact words that came out of my mouth. but There was a solid like five seconds where he couldn't breathe. We were a little worried, but then you put him down. <laughs> I was I was so happy for him. I I I mean I I'm, I wasn't even thinking about him getting the monkey off his back because I I've you know been there for so many wins of his. Um, I was never I never took second in an event before until like six weeks ago. I've taken second to Nathan in three events in a row. Little mixed now, on now, that. Now now it's like business time. Like his next one, he gets no congrats. Right? Yeah. Like, no, this is business. Well, this like, time. I'm just bringing BB-8 Wedge from now on to hunt and murder Corrin every time I see it. <laughs> it's right. all Kylo, man. All Kylo all the time. All right, so congrats on your Gen Con, but I do want to move us to... I do want to move us to the new wave, Wave 12. I am... the. I feel the exact opposite about well, wave, tw- well, uh, wave 12 than I did Wave 11. Uh, and I'm going to get into the ships. We got the Assault Gunboat... We have the uh, wait M12. the what the what <laughs> the assault gunboat hype gunboat hype FFG heard the rumblings in the community they're like shit fam everyone's unhappy with us right now wave eleven was a bust what are we gonna do they were like break the glass pull the lever it's assault gunboat time. So what was really great is that the um, in-flight report when they announced it, uh, they announced the not crate gunship, the Camigula or whatever it's called, the Sheathapede, and we're all sitting there like, man, so they're going DPU. What random jank are they going to pull out for the Imperials here? And then they called it by, like, its full name, which is, like... Then you could tell who the real nerds were, because (laughs) then some people would have gotten really excited. Wait, I I was like, uh, wait, what? Not excited. It's hype, baby! I was like, wait a second, I know that name, and then he goes, gunboat, and the whole room just blew up. (laughs) Alright, so, for those of you... I'm gonna get into the gunboat because I've held it for held it for an hour, and I <laughs> and I think I think that we're all aware that I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, um, specifically an old EU head, right? And uh, the gunboat is uh, hyped for two reasons. One, currently on the FFG forums, I pulled up the forums now because. By the time uh, of this episode's posting, I guarantee you five to ten more pages will have been filled for this goddamn thread. But the XG-1 Starwing Assault gunboat thread on the FFG forums has 278 pages of gunboat hype. Gunboat hype! Now hold on, Ricky. How many pages of those are yours alone? All right, so I have probably a page or two, right? <laughs> this is a group effort. This is a group effort. Anyways, I, this thing was made in 2014 by FTS Gecko saying, hey, guys, you know it would be a cool ship? The gunboat. And, like, it's just continue. It's been a joke. It's like a meme thread at this point. Like, how ridiculous, like, how long this uh, thread's been going on. So it's been a, unquestionably the most... 
asked for ship half because of the joke half because it's a pretty uh you know it's a popular ship yeah let's pause and actually talk about the history of this ship so it first showed up in the star wars x-wing game in the second tour of duty and it later showed up in the the tie fighter game where you could fly it around which was i thought great and you know in my mind i always enjoyed the second game better than the first game i'm I think it's better. What do, you, what do you guys think? Oh, yeah. TIE Fighters, unquestionably, it's a better story, a uh, better game. I believe game, that's the general consensus. Yeah. You, you yeah, get to play for the good guys? The gunboat is sort of like this. It's the first uh, starfighter that the Empire like sort of mass-produced that had a hyperdrive, and it was sort of like an advanced uh, sort of assault ship that could carry a bunch of ordnance and blow stuff up. And I always liked that ship, and I'm really happy that it's in this game, even though um, I'm go- we're going to get into the why it bothers me, because they took my two favorite Imperial ships and smooshed them together and called it a gunboat, and that kind of bothers me, but I'm going to... Dude, it's the most 90s-looking spaceship that's I'm ever existed. I'm just going to... I'm it's just so going clearly to keep the high All right, all right, all right, I'm done. I'm, I'm taking the air horn away. I'm putting it away. Uh, but but uh, I am really, really hype about it. And let's kind of, should we break, let's break it down. Let's just get in and I'm going to have Bob tell me why my dreams are crushed and that I'm not going to do well with four gunboats. But uh, let's get into the actual three. So hold up. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for you guys to hype me up. So let's talk about... Uh, about the gunboat, we know that the PS7 one was 26 points, and it comes at PS2, 4, 5, and 7. Uh, two attack, two agility, four hole, three shields with focus, target lock, uh, slam. It's got slam for reasons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's got reload, right? That's the, that's what the yes, new token does. That is reload. All right, so we know new what slam action, does. Yes, yeah, but reload lets you uh, for an action. You get weapons disabled, and you take one of your all uh, ordnance. All of your all of them. All of your cards. Okay, I thought it was one. So you take all of your ordnance and you flip them back up. Choose um, any number of it, ships equipped, discarded, torp, or missile upgrades, and flip them face up. All right, so uh, Bob, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you just. Maybe put some water on this hot hype fire, and uh, can't do it, do man. Th- it's the gunboat. Can't do it. Uh, all right, so 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 it's uh, it's. Uh, tell me about the efficiency of this ship from from generally for a from from like a general jousting value. You don't have to. You don't. I don't want you to give me a number. I want you to give me a ballpark. So where this this sort of ship lands. I have thought about this for a while i have not thought about it again especially with math since this article came out because i've been busy doing math for other things uh, mm-hmm. but the really tricky thing about the gunboat is that you basically take its two attack dice and chuck it out the window because it's going to have a cannon mm-hmm. so what does that mean that's, and we that's don't know what's true at all you we need there. to we need to take that away there are two so, titles we only know one of them one title gives right. you a cannon Right. One title, one title probably lets you shoot missiles better. 
Well, one title gives you two cannons, technically. Sure. Yep. Uh, so you probably take like a two-point jamming beam cannon, which I'm assuming based on the card fold-out and stuff and other cards in there. So it's really hard to know because it's really going to depend on how good this jamming beam thing is. It's going to depend on... Uh, yeah, what other cannon is there? It's like linked, linked batteries, so maybe? Link, linked maybe. batteries. Yeah, Roughly because one of the... what people can read is it lets you attach your support cannon ability to your main guns. So if you had an ion cannon in there and you fired your main guns, you would get to also add ion to it. Right, so suddenly it matters now. Yeah. Um, which is great, because you used to be able to do that in the TIE Fighter game. So, yeah, you're right. Traditionally, I thought of it as, well, it's got two attack dice, but it kind of doesn't matter. Uh, but it looks like they're being sneaky, and they're pulling those two attack dice back into the back into the game. So I've, I'm just waiting for them to do the spoiler article on it, which, of course, means it's going to be the third one they do the spoiler for, yeah, just to yeah, keep yeah. us they're waiting. Not, they're not releasing that. They're going to be mean. They're keeping, they're keeping me in a bottle for as long as possible. Yo. I mean, historically, haven't they spoiled the Imperial ship first? I don't know. Well, yeah, because it's always been the shittiest ship of the wave. And so we get that one and we're like, oh, this wave's terrible. And then all the other cool stuff gets released. It's oh, always, salt is strong always been you. the shittiest one. You, the Phantom, they were all shit, Tyler. <laughs> Did you remember Phantom, the Phantom? Do you remember the, the Phantom getting... The Tie. The Tie SF. All those ships were terrible tap, and had tap better garbage. Tie SF, not that good. Aggressor, don't even get me started. We haven't had a good ship since wave five. Anyway, started. when did you stop? <laughs> but go on. Anyway, uh, yeah, this I, I think the ship is going to be one of those really weird ships as far as there's so, there's so much stuff to, we don't I want, know. I want the gunboat to save the Empire, right? I want I, that so bad. So, I, uh, I think I am buying four, and I am running four, four at a tournament. I, I am buying four because I'm nostalgic and I have to get four, and yeah, you just, you yeah, that's to. it. That's the reason because I want. The squad needs to come out of hyperspace. How many am I going to get? I, I don't. I don't buy ships. I'll win one if I need it. Technically uh, true. I haven't bought a ship for I, like a year and a half now, right? but I'll still get uh, four somehow. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm buying four, and I'm going to run four at a tournament. Hopefully, it's a joke tournament. Um, but I'm going to run four at a tournament at some point, just because that was my favorite ship in Tie Fighter. Um, I am absolutely amped up for it. Uh, Blair, what do you think on the uh, the gunboat? Like, how how hyped are you for this thing? Just like from a flavor standpoint, or or or, or from a or from a game perspective, your choice. You could be lame and go, oh, this ability is <laughs> nice, or or just like you could be all on full on gunboat. So, uh, I'll be where lame. are you? I'll be lame. All right, so, to, yeah, so, so what do you think of some of these abilities? I mean, it's definitely very interesting. It's going to be hard to get a full grasp of what it's capable of until the spoiler, full spoiler. But, yeah, I mean, Slam, I think we've more or less seen that Slam is very, very, very good. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see, like, how good when you have to, like, actually point and shoot at something. But... That that potentially could be pretty awesome, I think. So, I'm again cautiously optimistic. Seems like there's definitely some potential there. Yeah, this is definitely the first ship that it says hit and run all over it because you can shoot your missiles and then next turn you can fly away, slam, use advanced reload slam them. to reload. Yeah, the only drawback there, I guess, is if you take advanced slam as a modification, you don't have your guidance chips. Yeah, don't get chips. 
So yeah. this is going to be one of those things where, like, I really think that other title is going to make or break this ship. Like the well, the canon title's think, cute and think, cheeky, but like you need hyperactive. No, I don't. Because you need like what's it supposed like if you're wanting to make a cannon mount ship that only fires two dice cannons, maybe it sure. lets you. It lets you. Uh, it would let you shoot with uh, cannons. I guess when you have weapons disabled tokens, yeah, I mean that's it. Sure, an interesting control piece with flechette cannon, I guess. <sighs> maybe, but flechette cannon's kind of bad. It's not kind of bad. It's really bad. Uh, let's. I mean, it'd be jamming. You'd be jamming or tractor beaming. Was is what would happen there? But when you're slamming away like that, you you need these staggered turns to set up your 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 like attack run right so like this is this is a, a straight ordnance level attack run style craft so we're going to come in and we don't have long range scanners we don't have guidance ships we have advanced slam because that's probably the right answer like honestly just advanced slam seems really good so you come in you fire you hit the next turn you're probably slamming away and you won't have range to acquire a target lock so you reload then the third turn or yeah the third turn you're turning around um, now that's assuming they don't have things like K turns on the uh, on the dial. Um, oh yeah, because you could slam into a K turn, which is you could super slam into a K turn. Cool. I mean, uh, yeah, I, well, it, would be, a, it would be great if they had a talent roll, sloop, any of that kind of stuff. I'm just assuming it doesn't because I feel like that's a safe assumption. And I well, they could give it speed one through three in a four K turn. Sure. And then you could then you couldn't K then I you couldn't slam into a K turn. Feel weird that's, if they gave it only speed three maneuvers. And a cruise missile in the same package that comes in the package. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, maybe they're just cruel like that. I don't know. So it's going to be one of these weird ships that, like, they fight every third turn. Because you're going to want to, like, a target lock as you're swinging back around and then you come in for the shot, right? So you have full mods, you actually hit hard, and then you run away to reload again. And the problem with that is it's going to be at least a third of your points. Yeah, the cost efficiency won't be there unless right. there's something insane. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, like you just looking at the PS7 guy, he's going to be a third of your points. That's just the way it's going to work, right? So now 60-ish points of your list has to be able to fight or run as well as a slamming ship for those other two turns out of the three that it's not really shooting. That's that's my frust- that's my my tepidation <clears throat> with the ship. Now that other title could totally blow that out of the water. I mean, we could have all kinds of craziness. We could have you could shoot a missile and a torpedo at the same time. Like who knows? The sky's the limit. So talking about the slam title with ordnance reminds me of what people originally thought the Tie Phantom was going to be, where it would shoot every other turn with four mo- heavily modified dice sure. and run away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, those sweet summer children. <laughs> All right, cool. So I am, I'm, I'm hyped about the gunboat. Uh, was there anything else we need to cover? Just, I think jam token. Just, uh, uh, whatever. We know that it's going to have some sort of jam beacon, jam token. That's oh, a cannon. There's, there's, there's a cannon. Yeah, and it gives them a jam token. We think, and jam token takes away a token on the opposing ship more or less like a focus yeah evade, so it's evader uh, target, target lock if, if you have yeah. a jam token at the start of combat you have to dump the jam token if you have a focus evader blue target lock on you the, otherwise uh, the token stays forever yeah. until you get one right. so it's like uh it's like a curse yeah, literally right. a curse for uh, x-wing the uh it's like a condition yeah right it's like a, uh, uh the nice thing about it is you get to pick what you're losing Right, so if you do have a, a ship that can generate multiple tokens in a turn after you've generated, you should be like, oh, "I've got an extra focus, whatever." 
So it's still good, and you can pile to- you can pile jam tokens on top of this thing, which that's also hilarious. So triple deltas with jam cannons? Ah, uh, ah, uh, yeah. Like, look at you. <laughs> look at me. I'm rebel stress control now, except they can still turn around. But whatever. All right. So that, that I think that's the one important thing to note. And then I think we talked about reload. Is there anything else on the gunboat that we have to cover? Well, there's the fan art that people have noticed in this spread that the text that is showing on the card does not match the text that we have in the currently printed game and uh, might be the for same. Advanced, for Advanced for Slam, slam right? For Advanced Slam. slam. So, uh, you know, the rumors of the FAQ on the Reddit thread uh, could be a thing. That, you know, that could happen. It's just interesting because that FAQ is, uh, they decided to never come out with it apparently, or I don't know, maybe they were waiting on these big two national event level tournament results, and so we have no idea. But this certainly lends credence to that. So play Miranda now uh, while you can. The only other thing I'll note is uh, the... The one ship that was spoiled for the gunboat gets uh, is the PS7 uh, Major. What is it, Vinger or something? I can't see uh, with the my terrible uh, resolution monitor, but it has the ability to where when you've got weapons disabled uh, via slam, via reload, etc., that you get an additional defense dice. So you know maybe that might be useful. Who knows? It'll probably be more useful for its pilot skill. Um, anyways, let's jump into the Kim Kimogila. Is that how we pronounce it? Kimogila? It doesn't matter. Something. The not yeah, great. No. Okay, so the chemo. Um, I actually didn't uh, get this ship and jump the light speed. That's actually when I stopped playing uh, Galaxy. So I actually don't know much about the ship. It, this uh, is although actually, I hear it's really cool. This is this actually is the, the first time I've seen this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this ship, I think, is the one that actually seems good and why don't uh why don't we get someone to break that down uh lyle you want to break down this uh the ship (laughs) all right uh blair you want to break it down you're muted again blair i bet she is no you're both wrong Get, get out of here (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you were watching the video but i said you're muted and then realized i too was muted and had to unmute myself <laughs> that's funny okay so it's got a base stat line of three attack one agility six hole two shields and then it's got focus target lock barrel roll, and jam no it's reload it's... it's reload oh sorry i know and it's re- yeah and reload i did it i did it too and uh, we have the title, uh, the Enforcer, which is this ship only after defending. If the attacker is inside your bullseye firing arc, it receives one stress token. So the bullseye arc, for anyone who hasn't seen it, is basically pretty much right where the pegs are. It goes straight out. So it's a tiny, it's so, almost the size like a range ruler, basically, sticking out from the very front of the ship. And I sure hope it actually is the width of a range. That's ruler. what we've. That's what the current consensus is. Yeah, the art isn't great on it, but I'm going to assume that's bad Photoshop. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, so explain what it does. So Sorry, the Blair, reference card for the bullseye arc is when attacking with defenders inside your bullseye firing arc, the defender cannot spend focus tokens to modify defense dice or evade tokens to add evade results. So it's kind of like uh, an Omega Leader type thing. Seems good. Not, 
It's not as good yeah. as a Mega Leader, but it's still still pretty good. If you have special abilities that allow you to do stuff, you can still get that, which is, yeah. If for some reason you brought like elusiveness and had dice rerolls. Blair? So, hold on, I have a question for Blair. So, Blair, I know you're looking at the stat line because I'm looking at the stat line the same way. It seems like it might be good against aces. Are, are you feeling warm? You feeling ready to feel that love again? So, I mean, what do you think the PS3 is going to cost 2022? Uh, it's scum, so 19. <laughs> uh, I wish he wasn't yeah, right. Let's, let's, let's assume 22 for now. Yeah. Well, it's got a 4K, so it's it's hard to argue that it's worse than a B-Wing. <laughs> so it can actually get around a big base yeah, ship. Yeah, actually this get is around a big base ship. So, yeah, def- absolutely some potential. Yeah, it can get around a big base ship, and it can do damage to an ace and arc. Mm-hmm. And that Enforcer title shouldn't be unique. It would be way cooler if it were not unique, and I could spam it. Okay, let's think about this for a second. You can put yeah, that yeah, stupid Enforcer good? title on the PS8 guy? And stress everything and cause them to also all take damage or lose all their tokens? Come on, get out of yeah, here. So tell us about, go on, tell us go about on, that guy's no. ability. Yeah. Tell, tell us about that guy's ability. Uh, the fact that I'm just never playing a Crack Swarm again? Is that what that ability says? I think that's what that ability says. <laughs> so uh, basically, after you shoot someone, every ship that's in his bullseye arc... Which, if he's at PS10... At range 1 to 3. Sure. So yeah, right, yeah within, yeah, within his range band. Range 1 to 3. So what what is basically, you put the range ruler right in front of the stupid ship, and everything that it touches either chooses to take one damage, or loses all its focus and evade tokens. Oh god, that's so Oh wait, gross. and he's titled, so they're all stressed too. Well, because, the title would only work on the defender. Sure. That's fine. I don't think those technically interact, but yeah, it's still terrifying. Right. All right. So let's talk about that's the bullseye like, arc. How uh, how hard is it going to be to line up these shots? And uh, real with something that has barrel roll at PS10, trivial <laughs> would would be my response. Okay. You can block they, him. <laughs> say, they say in the description that um, it's going to have trouble making hard turns, especially at low speeds. And Chris Allen, our resident galaxies addict, says that thing cannot turn around at all, and it's abhorrently bad at maneuvering. So the dial will really play a factor into how good this ends up being. But, yeah, I mean, it seems like one bank and two hard, if it's got both of those and they're not red, um, you should be able to hit stuff pretty easy. Yeah. Uh, And even, like, if you just have the three hard, too. Like, if you have one of the hard turns, barrel roll puts you back very easily. If you have the banks, it's, yeah. Yeah, and actually, courtesy of the bullseye arc, I don't think you're as worried about not having mods on your shots offensively since they don't either. Right, exactly. And red dice are better than green dice. So let's jump into the third ship, the uh, the new Phantom. The Phantom 2 is uh, what it's colloquially called. Um, the uh, I don't even know how to pronounce the Seathpeed. Anybody got a... I actually... Seathpeed... I don't actually watch Rebels. Uh, it's on my Star Wars uh, to-do list, and it ruins a little bit of my Star Wars cred. But uh, does someone want to tell me about uh, this ship in the lore? Because I actually don't know. Does anybody watch Rebels? I haven't gotten to this season yet. My daughter uh, and I are slowly making our way through it, so I can't. I don't watch Rebels, but basically the first uh, Phantom got blown up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I actually, Ezra was an idiot. Yeah, I actually do watch it. Um 
And now I'm drawing a blank because the season ended a while ago. I can't remember if it was Ezra straight up did something dumb or out of necessity. But yeah, the first one got blown up. And they're like, cool, we found this other one. And it just magically docks to the ghost. And all is solved. Because <laughs> it works that way. They were compatible uh, all along. So the interesting thing is, is it's it's like another phantom. So it does dock in. You can poop it out just like you could the old phantom. And uh, it ha- does have a new ability when it does dock with the ghost. Because, of course, it is you know tied to the ghost. And that is you get a reinforced token instead of... No, no, how's that work? No, no, no. Coordinate. No, no you coordinate. can coordinate. use a coordinate action. Reinforce would be better, wouldn't it? Um, but you get co- okay, so you get I'm not living in that world, Ricky. I'm not living in that world. Uh, you can coordinate, uh, which gives out uh, does what does it give out a focus token or free action. target lock? Free action. Free action. Free action. So I have a question for you guys. It seems like this is a lot of points to give a maximum of two other ships a free action. So from the title, sure. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's going to be that great, especially when you're talking about your gutting being able to shoot a TLT four times. Yeah, exactly. Uh, there might be some cheeky, clever things in there. You could do something like if you could make Biggs much harder to kill to where he's going to live so that now you're taking two TLT shots around instead of four is still going to do enough work for you, maybe. I don't know. The timing window on it is start a, or basically end of activation, so just right. before start of combat. Yeah. Um, so like we, we you know we've talked about you can do it though like it's like a light version of Ahsoka or reminiscent of the uh, Jake Kyle Polis. Yeah. Um, some of the timing windows on it. You can do some silly stuff with so, boost barrel rolls, push the limit, all that nonsense. Let's talk about the ship itself. It's two attack, two agility, four hole, one shield, focus target lock, and reinforce. Coordinate. Uh, not reinforce. Coordinate. coordinate. <laughs> you wish. <laughs> I play a. I is, play a lot of epic. Yeah, right. Clearly. Yeah. Front and and and, and, and 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 you shuttles. Um uh so oh it, it does. I actually didn't realize that. Oh, I just yeah. see that now. Wow. That actually is pretty cool. Yeah. Um f- so the PS9, which is of course Finrao, because because uh, you know, scum in rebels. When are we gonna get Han scum? That's what I want to know. I'm asking at the least, real questions. At least it's not Sabine. There's no Sabine. Yeah. There's, so, I think there's an EPT that's Sabine something or other. It's fine. Yeah, there's an Imperial EPT that's Sabine. So, what do we think about the stats on this on this ship? Uh, it, it is it super impressive to me to start sell me on it. Coordinate the action. It's the best action in the game, and now you can get it for like 14 points. Yeah, a better name for this ship would have been the Hawk Mark II. Yeah, because um, <laughs> that's that's basically what it is. Like it's like if the Hawk. And the attack shuttle, and maybe the Ark had a baby together. It's it's like those platforms. To, just to give you an idea, so Nathan just won Gen Con with this really cool Advanced Sensor Corin build, but what was the one thing Advanced Sensor Corin doesn't have? Man, he doesn't have FCS. He doesn't get that target lock for all his shots. Wouldn't it be really terrible if he could have FCS but got all those pre, pre-action actions anyway? Man, also only we had get- a ship that could do that. Yeah, or if you could do those actions at pilot skill eleven. Yeah. So the, so the so the upgrades that this get is crew uh, pilot skill uh, or does some have I know Finn Rao at least has a pilot uh, talent and Finn Rao's talent's different. Like 
Uh, yeah, I was expecting, you know, the ultra engage, you know, uh, ability that he has on Scum, but it's different um, for the Rebels. What is? I can't actually read it, although I know somebody knows this. What is uh, his ability for uh, for Rebels? He can take uh, a stress to stop people from being able to mod their dice on shots. As long as they are in his arc when they activate. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the actual wording is when an enemy ship inside your firing arc at range 1 to 3 becomes active during the combat phase. If you are not stressed, you may receive one stress token. If you do, that ship cannot spend tokens to modify its dice when attacking this round. That's so ridiculous. I love it. (laughs) But M9G8 or Palpatine could still get around this. Sure. Mm -hmm. Also expertise. Yeah. Uh, no, because expertise would be on that ship, right? It's not uh, using tokens. Cannot spend token. You're right. Okay, and so predator would work as well. Right. Rack would work. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of, of ways to circumvent it's that not, ability. So it's it's coolish, supporty, but like realistically, being able to. I don't know how we're going to break the game yet, but I feel like a Denguru-esque breaking the game is going to happen because coordinate is a stupidly powerful action. And it's really cheap, too. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, coordinate for the Empire. It's going to... Oh, wait, it's 30 points on a shuttle that can't turn around. So he's competing with Captain Rex, basically, because he has to get paired with Biggs because he's going to just die. But he's about the same points as Captain Rex, at least for a PS1 or 3, we assume. I mean, if you follow the points markers, I think he's 12, the PS1, but Jesus, if they make that 12 points... Yeah, they're all unique again. Um, three of the four last Rebel small base ships have been all unique. So I, I if I had to wager a guess, that's going to mess with the point structure a little bit. Yeah, but still, like being able to take the the one and the three in the same list if you wanted to double coordinate into somebody, like uh, I don't know. That seems sick. I like that. It, I mean, it seems so dumb. I mean, so, if you take the one and the three or whatever, I mean, you can make one of them a stress mule and then put Inspiring Recruit on the right, other one. Th- sure. That's the other thing you can do with this thing is it's a cheaper stress hog because you can put Gunner R3A2 on these things. It's not quite as effective as the uh, the arc because it's not going to have that three dice attack on the second shot. But oh well. <laughs> it's just cheap double stress. Yeah, right. And the rebels didn't need help. Um, so <laughs> right, yeah, they needed all the help. Uh, so Blair, does this uh, sort of ship slot into uh, any of your rebel swarms or anything along those lines? Like, are you are you chomping at the bit to run this? Because you know, I, I the points work for your style of list. Well, I don't. They're all unique, like Zach said. So. It's, I don't know, a lot's going to come down to the dial and what the abilities are, blah, blah, yeah, yeah, so, I mean, I'm, usually I won't, I, unless something jumps out at me, I'm not really too excited until the full reveal, so nothing, nothing really yet, no. All right, so, uh, is there anything else that we have to cover on this ship? I mean, I'm pretty excited about it, but... So I, I, this, I can't visualize it. I personally don't visualize why this is amazing. The the uh, one but thing, I, but I'm also bad. So yeah. So the the two things on it is like Tyler and I were saying. It's it hasn't been figured out yet um, because we we need to see more. 
Um, but the other thing I, I do kind of like about it is theoretically, um, if the Fenral ability is any indication, like this ship will care about arc, um, which so do the other two ships. And, and I don't know, I like small base ships that care about arc. Yeah, I coordinate's really strong. That's, that's really the ball <laughs> that's I mean, that's <laughs> so okay. So so, so so Ricky, let's kick this back to wave one, right? Okay. Wave one, there was this card called Squad Leader, and it was really good, right? Uh, I okay. never thought it was good. No, it was, no, it, it, it was, was good. terrible. But Tyler, you thought it was good because you didn't know no. how it worked. No, yeah, I, I do know how it I, works. Hold on. Let me liked, get there. Jeez. Okay. Everyone be, I'm muting you all. You slash <laughs> all. all right. Squad leader was really good, except the people you wanted to squ- use squad leader on were always the highest pilot skill ships in your list. And you couldn't, right? The only person that could really take it was Vader. And then you're giving up one of his actions to give someone not Vader an extra action, right? So mm-hmm. it's like it's backwards. Mm-hmm. So if you could have your PS1 guys giving Hellrunner extra actions, that would have been really freaking sweet. Oh wait, you can now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the biggest cap on coordinate right now is that like the rebel, like if you look at their A ships, it's what like Jake, Corin, and po. maybe Poe. Yeah, yeah. but it's like, well, no. So think about potensity. Like think of the potensity Poe, where he's yeah. boosting every turn, right? But now he can also target lock and focus if he needs so to. So he could, yeah, he could conceivably do damage. He actually does damage now. How, like, that's that's terrifying. And, I mean, you're going to take bigs anyway, so it's like, cool, you just don't get to shoot at Poe for a really long time. Right. Yeah, and, and Biggs has R2-F2, because that's still a card in the game, and now he has three Agi and focus every turn, because you can just give him that extra action. Okay, so I'm taking back my earlier thought on it replacing Rex and FSR. What about it replacing something like Ahsoka in the Koran, Ahsoka and Biggs type of list? Yeah, that was that was the first place I looked at it. Because um, like replacing Rex and FSR, oh God, you don't want to hit like. Spec. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right that's there. You it. Go. Ah! Ah! So, so now, like that's that's one side of it too, and uh, and I know a lot of people have looked, like so. Zach, that oh was your God, first, first thing you went to, right? Was guys, it was replacing Ahsoka, but having really low pilot skill coordinates is also really powerful because of all of the bombs that are in the meta currently right now. And there are still action bombs getting dropped on people. And now, when someone places an action bomb in front of your ace, you can just barrel roll them out of the way at PS one. Yeah, this that guy... was a major strength of Stride in that all the crates are on for a really long time. Right, it... for sure, exactly. This guy with uh, with opspec. And uh, double and uh, R3A2 is going to be super duper good with uh, A wings. That's all yeah. I can think about. Come on, guys. <laughs> um, but, so, but, but legitimately, uh, when you think about it, I was running 25 point Ahsoka uh, with the with with my A wings to as like an alternate op spec carrier. Sure. And this slots in at possibly a cheaper version to yeah, do but sort of what I shot. Yeah. No, I mean that's okay. I mean if you're shoot if you're shooting it, it's fine. <laughs> so, but okay. Now, now are you are now are you seeing the uh, seeing yeah the stuff there? Yeah, and you could do coordinate into uh, jukes if uh, if you right. Need. So, so now think about this too, right? Like, so you have your snap A wings, right? Mm-hmm. Because they're they're great. But how many times <laughs> have you been like with a juke snap A wing? You've been like, man, I need the boost here. I'm not gonna have juke when I snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, not, by the way, the answer bad. is to boost. You you but, boost, and now you also have the juke because mm-hmm. 
it's everything's fine. Yeah, and for the A wings, Zeb is pilot skill three, so yeah. you can you know use him as advanced Just... sensors or push the limit essentially. Mm-hmm. With your A wings, because now your A wing can target lock two because that's what they needed. <laughs> All right, so I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about that ship now. Um, now things have kind of turned a little bit for me. Uh, so let's let, let's wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to go through each of you guys. Well, Which one are you most excited for? Go ahead. Real quick, have you seen yeah. the upgrade cards in there? Because there's two that are getting a lot of attention. Okay. Uh, um, Flight Astromech, from what we can read, looks like it does something to do with barrel rolls and not attacking out of arc. Uh, so for like X-Wings. Right. And um, there's that card with a bunch of red that's a unique crew that is um, starts with scum only. So if you've been following the Rebels show, if you haven't uh, earmuffs, I guess, otherwise 24-hour rule, uh, it looks like that's probably Darth Maul. Nice. Yeah. So that'll be cool to have him in the game. And really interesting that that's a... There's a scum big... only in a, rebel, in a Rebel pack. Well, so it's scum only, but also can be taken with Ezra. So like if Ezra's the pilot, then Maul can be on them. Most likely. We don't we don't know for sure because it's not all revealed, but it's a big block of uh, squad building limiting text. Yeah, it's conditional conditional usage. So which is cool. That'll, like that'll I pretty yeah. cool to see. And Chopper is a actual astromech, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Yep. I've always wanted to see what he would do as an actual uh, astromech. It's an action. I can't tell exactly, but still, that's awesome. Um, all right, so uh, I'm going to ask each of you guys uh, which ship uh, you're most excited for. Uh, I'm just going to go fire off just to kind of wrap this up. Uh, all right, so I'll start with you, Blair. Which one, which one are you uh, most excited uh, for this wave? Uh, uh, Phantom. Nice. Uh, Bob, which one? Uh, which one do you like uh, the best? Or which are you most hyped for? Um, I'm most hyped for the gunboat, but I think that the PSA Kimo guy is probably way, the most competitive. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Lyle, which one uh, are you most hyped for? <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, and uh, Tyler, how about you? Uh, my body is ready to be thoroughly disappointed by the gunboat. <laughs> I am also excited for Gunboat Uh And then, Zach, I'll let you, uh, I'll let, <laughs> I'll uh, let you finish up. I actually i am pretty excited for the Kimogilla. Um, I've been wrong on every single scum ship to be excited about, so that's probably a really bad sign for the poor thing. <laughs> um, but, like, if that's the appropriately power-cut B-Wing, uh, I, I'm ready to feel that love again. All right, so that's a wave... Uh, Wave twelve. Uh, we'll fill you in on you know future articles, etc., and all of the gunboat hype you can you know just stuff down your throat. Um, we do. Uh, we are going to normally we would go into our, our contest. Uh, last uh, last episode we did uh, start the alternate uh, alternate format contest where you can submit your favorite alternate format, and we will. Uh, give you a prize, something involving that format to help you run it or something along those lines. So I'm really, really excited about that because we have been getting an absolute ton of submissions for that. And a lot of them are really, really cool. Like I want to, 
Honestly, I want to compile a list of all of these that are kind of neat. I mean, Lyle, like, what are your thoughts? Like, yeah, I mean, shout out to Chris Allen for the thing he submitted. Kind of Did you go through for, his alternate format? Uh, for that uh, show idea, I guess. Yeah, well, hopefully he will submit he it because that's a great he didn't format. Necessarily and submit in general, it, but everyone I has given us uh, got access some, to it. Also, such cool ideas. Did. I'm looking forward to like you know, like you said, creating a docket and providing it to the community because you know it's like we said last episode. X Wing has great bones. You know, like the the mechanics are so tight, the game is so good, and you can create all these neat variants on X Wing. And as much as you know, we want to complain about you know Wave Eleven or you know Power Creep. I think the 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 Fundamentally, X-Wing is an amazing game still, and you know all these alternate formats really validated that for me. So we want to keep the contest open just because we're really enjoying what we're getting in, and uh, we'll leave it open for at least this week, and then we'll, next episode we'll announce the winner. So the, we, uh, we we are keeping that contest open. Uh, continue to send your stuff to scumandvillainpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that's a wrap for this episode. Does anybody have any shout-outs that they want to do before we tie uh, wrap a bow on this thing? Crates on top. Mm-hmm. Hey, like you guys <laughs> did have an absolutely marvelous tournament. Uh, let's, see, though, let's see if you can repeat it, Nova. Yeah, yeah. Even though you had, uh, even though you had a robot playing for you, um, we had a robot. We had someone refusing to play. We had a minor, and then I was just happy to be there. Hold, hold up, hold up, hold up. I don't want to go too far into this, but unless Nathan's on the show, he can't be a for realsy crate. It's uh, not real. Nathan's voice has appeared in multiple episodes of the show. He Nathan's owns a crate voice has appeared. Yeah, See, that's... He's, he's done interviews. He's done interviews with me, multiple interviews. And um, whenever Gold Squadron releases their or FFG, one of the two, I can't remember who was recording us, uh, Nathan admits on camera that he's a crate. I don't know, man. And he I don't, is very I, much. He is very much part of the playtest note-taking group that we have. Or playtest is the wrong word, but our, I, I I think that we just need to get Nathan's dad to get the okay for him to actually come on. Just uh, get the Nathan, pressure in. Get the pressure in. Poke he, poke the bear. Nathan doesn't like to do podcasts. He he won't appear on anything if he can avoid it. I I, don't, I, be, I believe in your uh, your tenacity. Anyways, anybody we'll else? We'll bully him into the into the uh, Twitch stream next time we're on. Anybody else have any shout-outs that they want to give before uh, we close it up? Uh, I'd All say right. uh, just having been at Gen Con and getting ready to go to Nova, um, shout-out to all the OP guys from FFG. Like, keep running a good show. All the all the judges that, you know, they, they fly in. Um, they do a great job, you know, dealing yeah. with us, especially people like Chris who come up with, crazy asinine situations just to get a rules ruling yeah just shout out to it. frank who hasn't murdered us yet yeah for sure and um, like, yeah, and wade for not banning me yeah what a uh frank all the like i said all the uh all the judges that also come in that are players in the community as well you know like you guys do an awesome job and i don't think you get enough credit so uh, thanks guys i have one shout out to give and you know what it is to the combo all right anyway so i'm gonna close this out uh galactic Hall at four blair bunky better known as scruffy for uh lyle hayhurst better known as sozin for bob randall better known as major juggler and uh, hold up i can do this and for tyler Tippett, better known as starslinger 72 hero of the empire zach thank you for coming on i really do appreciate it you are the man sir 
and uh, hopefully we can get you on again sometime. I'm looking forward to the RPG Sunday. Are you, are you hyped up? Oh my gosh, yes. Yes, we're going to blow some stuff up. I'm excited uh, to get out of this spaceship and to go cause shenanigans on the ground for a little bit. Uh, Tyler's got to lie to some people. We're going to treat... Like- we're going to treat those other those Imperial ships like they were other podcasts at Gen Con. Oh, God. Uh, so, I'm your host, uh, Kelvin Tiberius, better known as... Uh, wait. wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So, we're going to run on. away from them as quickly as we can? That... We're going to destroy them without mercy. Uh, okay. I'm Richard Wright, better known as Kelvin Tiberius. Thank you, Galactic Colonnet, and good hunting. Biggs!